This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a baby boy and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, we talk about parenting through a crisis. Success leaves a bad taste in Biz's mouth, Teresa figures out the secret to a clean house, and we talk to nationally syndicated advice columnist Amy Dickinson. Woo! I am excited about that. Me too. Yeah. I am also excited about hearing how you are. Teresa, how are you? I haven't Uh, seen you in a week. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm pretty good. Um, I guess, uh, I did have, I had one really great breakthrough. Um, Ooh. actually I figured out how to keep my house clean, which oh. with, you know, a one and a half year old and a three and a half year old yeah. is pretty hard, but I it totally is. like figured it out. So basically this is what you do. Drink. <laughs> you stab your eyes out so you don't see it. <laughs> You, like, spend a full day organizing everything. Okay. Like, all the toys, everything. Good. Check. And, like, um, ignoring your children while you do that. Check. And then you just never sit down. Yeah. Ever again. So right. you just follow them. Yeah. All around, picking up after them. Just uh-huh. picking up everything they pick up, then they drop it, and you pick it up, and yeah. you just put it back where it goes. Then you just do that again. Yeah. And again and again and again. Um, you just do it over and over. You never, yeah. never take a break. Never do anything other than mm-hmm. you never play with them. You don't. No. You don't do any. You just pick up after them constantly. Then that way, yeah. your house stays pretty clean. And then the only thing is, like, sometimes you have to take a pee break. Right. So then that really kind of sets you back a little just bit. Bring so both children you go, with you. You can try that. You right. can try that. If for some reason you're not able to do that, uh-huh. then you're really gonna need to. Pick up the pace yeah. of it and do like a whole sweep of the house because that's like two minutes that you set back of not, you know, being Cleaning. really on top yeah. of it. Um, so, have you been no. in my house? Is it because this is pretty much how I live my life. No, I, in, I, like, yeah. in all seriousness, it's like I, I've had, okay, because. Once Oscar started like crawling and standing yeah. up and stuff, that was when it like really started to come to an end. Cause like oh, yeah. I just didn't have the strength to like <laughs> teach them both to and like follow up with both of them yeah. on like cleaning stuff up every time. I just couldn't. I yeah. physically could not do it. No, and so I just didn't. And so for like probably eight months, eight to ten months, yeah. we've had just the toys are in such disarray yeah. everywhere in the house. And the only way I clean up is, I think I've said this before, at the end of the night, I just, like, make a path yeah, so that we can walk in the night without, like, tripping and falling. Killing I just, yourselves. like, shove the toys aside. Yeah. And I never have the kids help because it's, like, what's the point of, like, teaching them a habit that is not even actually cleaning? It's, like, just shove, right, shove just this shoving. stuff out of the way. <laughs> Be sure to shove just, this stuff out of the way when you're you done. Ha- your bed is designed <laughs> to hold things underneath it. <laughs> Yeah. And so if you could just shove everything <laughs> yeah. there and then behind your clothes. And then this is what I like to call a junk drawer, guys. Yeah, exactly. So just put everything else that you can't shove under your bed into this drawer. Clean. So on like on Friday, I actually I knew this was coming because I was reaching a breaking point and really my house was making me feel crazy. And I mean it was it's clean, it's relatively clean, it's just messy. Yeah. Like everything is everywhere. There's just shit everywhere. Well and Oscar. Okay, so and Oscar, he's he's almost 19 months. He is at prime age for his job is literally to pick up a thing, 
take two steps and set it down on the floor. Yeah. Walk over somewhere else, pick up a thing, take two steps right. and set that down on the floor, drop it or throw it or whatever, yeah. and just do that all day. So literally, like, no matter what you do, I mean, that's just what your day is. So right. anyways, I was at a breaking point. I And then Friday, I was like, I was sick with a cold, so I was all hopped up on Sudafed. <laughs> and I, like, had, needed something to do with my nervous energy. So I actually, like purged a lot of toys Ooh, and yeah. I um I organized a lot of the toys that we have yeah. into like this these little musical instrument things go in this bin and right. this bin is for the train set and this bin is for blocks you know yeah. basically like the stuff that has been all mixed up for the last like six months to a year like I got that now shit organized in a beautiful place and then <laughs> to crush your soul right. as they come through exactly but Ugh. the funny thing is we were home a lot this weekend we went we went out but yeah. like at some point you're also at home and it only takes 10 minutes for things to fall apart and so oh, yeah. but I I I just I I loved the organization so much that I was like willing to just like yep do what it took to yeah. like preserve it a little bit and I actually I mean it was it was awful in a, in a different way but I totally <laughs> I totally did just like keep that keep it like I, I was able to like make it through the weekend I just I realized just one bit yeah. awful in a different way awful in another way just yeah awful in, a, in another way yep. that's just another pearl of wisdom Coming from <laughs> Teresa's mouth. Great insight into parenting there. Thanks. I well, good. Yeah, I think. Good. Thing. I mean, I don't know. I guess you yeah, got to yeah. pass the time somehow, yeah, right? That's right. My, our, my rule is never leave one room without something that belongs in the other. Right. Room. Oh, like, always have a thing. Oh. Anyway. So, okay. How are you? I'm crazy. So okay. I mean, I don't. I'm not well when it comes to that kind of thing. Okay. Um, I'm all right. So. Stefan was out of town uh, for a number of days, and uh, we have spoken on the show about, you know, oh, you know, the first couple of times you fly with your kids or the first couple of times that you're just you and the kids, you're, like, freaking out, and then you do it, and you're like, I nailed it, woo right? And then Teresa discovered this a couple of weeks, maybe a month or so ago, and now... I have uh, gotten to enjoy the feeling of there being no sound. We did it. Yeah. I got through it. Right. Everybody's there. Yeah. Uh, no one's scarred for life emotionally yeah. from yeah. my lack of patience and t- overtiredness. But, like, I don't feel good about it. I don't feel, like, good about, yeah. like, getting through the week. Like, it was, <laughs> it was more of a, like, it was a weekend. Mm-hmm. Those are just nut balls i need school i need I activities the weekends are so, so we- hard. weekends are long but i feel like yeah that that whole idea of i did it and i feel really good about yeah. mom and up instead it was more like i feel really tired and beat up and you know yay Stefan is home and that is great but nothing is technically changing. We're yeah. just going right back into the normal cycle a little bit. And it's I just, like where's my reward a little yeah, bit? Yeah, where's right? my reward like, a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Where's my where's my where's my victory feel? Yeah. And I do wonder, you know, today's it, it, I think it ties a little bit into today's topic, mm-hmm. which is about like operating in a crisis. In a yeah. crisis mode. And I do think, and I'm gonna say this with all the disrespect to crises. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. That first time you get on the plane with the kids by yourself, yeah. the first time you're going to be by oh, yourself, yeah. it feels a little like it's a, a crisis. crisis. Oh, so yeah. So you like totally like mom up and you do it. You oh, pull yeah. it together. And that's why I think there's this wonderful feeling of like, I did it. Yeah. And then uh, the next time it's not as Then it's not, not, not as exciting. It's just, yeah. it's just 
the shitty thing that you've you got to do. It's just the difference. Yeah. It's just that's different. That awful in another way. Yeah, awful in another <laughs> way sort of thing. Anyway, so I think it ties in nicely a little mm, bit to yeah. today's topic about how we operate uh, when a crisis hits. And let me be very clear, when a real <laughs> crisis hits. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. Crisis! Oh my God, where? <laughs> We're fucking out of milk! My cappuccino machine is broken! Fuck this! To the bunker! Um, All right. I would like... We're going to talk today about crisis and Mm -hmm. how we operate in a crisis. Mm -hmm. Or or don't operate in a crisis. But I feel like we should establish a little Mm -hmm. bit about, like... What are we talking about? What are we talking about? What's a fucking crisis in this particular scenario? And it is not your Captain Machino machine down. And it is not your first time on a plane, right? I think those yeah. are nice things that help something. prepare you, maybe. I feel like, I mean, I it's it's all relative, right? Exactly. It's, something, well, it's something unexpected okay. and, sca- like, something unexpected and scary. Like, okay. we're talking about maybe, like, some sort of medical emergency, yeah. some sort of act of God, yeah. like an earthquake yes. or... Um, right, somebody gets sick. Or you somebody know, gets really, really sick. sick or yeah. injured or, yeah. you know, like a car, a crisis could be you're on a trip and yeah. the whole car... You know, you get in a car accident. Car accidents or, totally crisis. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I think, like, uh, if you, you know, have, like, preterm labor or something. Yeah. And you, yep. you know what I mean? Like, there's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's not, like, everything's not, you know, alien invasion crisis. It, but no. it's also not. And it doesn't not, have to be life or death. Yeah. But it's, like, It's something. a huge disruption. Yeah. Right. In your normal, yeah. regular, day-to-day activities. Yes. Um, yes. That, and usually, is upsetting. <laughs> on yeah. some level. It, or you know at least I mean? negative. negative. It's not a yeah. good, it's not necessarily it's not a, a good, good crisis. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Today California was hit with the most amazing crisis ever. It's raining dollar bills Woo! all over Los Angeles. Many people <laughs> You're just drowning in dollar bills everybody. I hope you had dollar bill insurance. Um so okay, so crisis. Yeah. We've established the really big It's bad. Of, it's bad, guys. <laughs> Something bad happened. Something bad is happening. All right. I would like to ask you, I'm going to go into this this time without any pre-assumptions. Okay. <laughs> How do you do that? That's very hard. Okay. I'm just going to I'm just going to say the word banana over and over again in my head. That's right. what I do when I need to clear my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you in a crisis, Teresa? Huh. I think I'm pretty good. Yeah? I think. Okay. I mean, I think half the battle really is thinking that you're very good in a crisis. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. having Can you get your confidence. head in the game? Yeah. yeah. Confidence. Yeah, I right. think so. I Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, do you want me to say more about that? Well, it's I like, don't know. Do you have anything more to say about it? Yeah. I mean, I think, <laughs> no, I mean, I think like uh, I can, I can be calm okay. and, you know, I can, I can save up like being super reactive for later. Yes, I think you're rallying. Yeah, you're momming up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How about you? I, I feel like you're great. I'm in a crisis, pretty right? good in a crisis. Yeah, I'm. I'm sort of like it's like my. I, I will say I think my whole family is pretty good in a crisis. Uh-huh. Like it's a lot of, 
you know, there are lots of famous stories of my mom going in and taking care of, you know, uh, a relative's body that's been, like, oh, sure. not in a oh, house sure. too long. Oh, that's you know another I mean? thing. It's like when you're being asked, like, something is being asked of you. Right, yeah. I, there's, there's a sort of, like, pride and, like, mm. um, a feeling of, like, Yes, I can deliver. Like, oh, you're asking me to like deliver on something. I can do this. That's Don't worry. Like, I got this. Okay, you know what I mean. Like, right. so okay, quickly. Yeah, we're fucking great in crisis. Yeah, we're great. <laughs> we're totally <laughs> move on. But I think this is interesting. How? That, but that doesn't mean that everybody's great in a crisis. No. and it also doesn't no. mean that we are as good as we think we are totally. in a crisis. But I think what you just said mm-hmm. about I wonder if if. If you fall into camp A or camp B, it's mm. whether you see a crisis of any kind as a request to mm. step up. Yeah. Or if you see it as something else like a yeah. a, a negative oh, of something. So true. Like something is happening to something, me. Is something yeah. happening something to me? Is being done or somebody to me. asking something yeah, of me. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's major. That's a we m- didn't expect to stumble upon no, that. No. No, that's no, interesting. No, that is major. And I think I think probably part of why we're saying we're so good in a crisis is because we're thinking about only those scenarios where it's very clear in our minds, like, yeah. look, something crazy is happening that's beyond our control. It's up to us to like rise to the occasion and right. like, take care of business and blah, blah. <laughs> A lot no of times, one else can do that but yeah, me, guys. Yeah. But, like, a lot of times that's not the way it would play out. You know what I mean? Like, Well, yeah, 90% of, like, mentally trying to prepare yourself for stuff is totally about psyching yourself up. Though yeah. you would never, you know, that the circumstances surrounding such a situation will never be as you imagine it. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. oh, so, okay. So, I this we may just push right into, I yeah. think, the main sure. part of this topic right away because I think that's interesting, the... I think inherently most people can pull it together in a crisis mm-hmm. of some kind. Yeah. Uh, I, I firmly believe yeah. that everybody has it in them. Yeah. Well, it's survival. It's survival. You know, it's like, you yeah. know, and I think that's true if you have kids or if you don't have kids. Mm-hmm. If you, you, everybody has the ability to be empathetic and want to take care of each other for the most, for the most part. Yeah. Except for those psychopaths out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think inherently we all want to step up and, and see the question, see it as a question of, what can yeah. you do? Yeah. You know, what, what are you what are you able to do to help? Um, is it so I had this question about this when you when we talked about this as a topic and that was, is it that it's easier to step up mm-hmm. in a crisis? And like like you said, put your, you know, emotions sort of aside or, mm-hmm. or you know, for the time being and uh, be able to, like, push aside all unnecessary distractions and focus on your family or on the situation at hand or helping your neighbors or like whatever, surviving, getting Mm -hmm. through the crisis, whatever that is, is it, are we capable of doing that so well because we know it's going to be over eventually? Like Mm -hmm. why, like, why is it that, (laughs) like, for example, you know, on your regular normal life, I can't shove my emotions aside ever Mm -hmm. sometimes. You know what I mean? Like I can't, call upon myself to rally, as it were, or mom right. up every day. And well, I, right. is it, is it just you, the, like, yeah. is it just, like, endorphins? Is it just, like, something chemical be. happening that, it's like... Be. But also psychologically, yeah, you know. Like, if you think, I mean, you know, if you're... Say you're in, like, a very dicey, like, financial situation okay. where, like, you, for weeks on end, cannot like get it together like financially yeah. like you're 
actually worried about being able to cover like your basic right, needs. needs. That could go on for a long period of time, and that is a crisis. Yeah, don't get me wrong, that's a crisis. But if it's la- yeah, if it's lasting for weeks and months, right. I mean, you're gonna there's gonna be ebbs and flows. Like nobody's endorphins. <laughs> Right. Are gonna last day and day in and day out. For, right, you know what I mean. Yeah, because like, that's interesting. It does like kind when, of have to be, I think, when the earthquake from hits, what's going now. Right, yeah. when the earthquake hits, yes, there will be long residual crises that come sure. after that. Yeah, your home, insurance, your car, yeah. people injured. Like, but in that moment, yes, when the house is moving and you need to make sure that your loved ones are okay and that yeah. you are okay uh, or you're in an accident you yeah. know like there it is a finite time yeah that you are able to sort of work within because you know there's going to be a decompressed time at some point in time totally and i think i think it's easier in that i okay. think that is the i think the being in the crisis i think is like in some ways the easiest because not only do you know, like, you assume it will end be on over some or whatever, level. or maybe yeah, you're not thinking that about that, right. but psych- psychologically, you're just in the moment. Secondly, you, I feel like expectations are really different at that time because right. everybody really, there's a forgiveness, there's a level of forgiveness for how you may react. Mm-hmm. And, oh, um, that's interesting. And there's like an understanding and like uh, people like, rallying to help you it's just like having like a newborn people rally to help you you know like nobody's there <laughs> no seriously no, I like, know, I know. people are dropping off food people are like asking what it's you in need in some blah, blah, situations blah, blah. okay yes. a lot of times yes, but yes. okay if you have a support network right. usually more of the support is focused on like you just had your baby rather than like at four months right no but i know what you're saying like wait, like wait. Yes. It's uh, people come in together. In the moment, yes, in the moment people come together and like there's just like it's I mean it actually totally goes into what you're talking about about the weekend. Like, yeah. It, and it goes into what we talk about on the show all the time which is like maybe it feels hard every day, day in and day out, but like there's nobody there being like good job. Like <laughs> that was so hard because right. like it doesn't this is just every day. It's oh, not Oh, you know, okay. So, uh I was in New York uh, during September 11th, uh-huh. uh, and uh, I'm not going to go into my whole story, uh-huh. but I will say that it was a crisis. I think so. Clearly. I think that qualifies as a crisis. But I remember there, so you, and usually after a crisis of that magnitude, mm-hmm. it all the things that happen that you're saying, people's expectations of their own behaviors go away. It's like almost like a comic strip where like there's a guy about to rob the bank and then mm-hmm. you know, a crisis happens yeah. and he stops to help the person next to him a little bit. You know, like, yeah. like everybody's attitude walking through the streets that day. I had to walk from like uh, downtown all the way to the Upper East Side and you're just like walking through the park and you're walking up and down the streets and everybody's out and radios are playing and yeah. everybody's asking each other how they are and like talking yeah. and speaking and like there's definitely a sense of community that forms like right away and then during the time after a crisis like that people are sort of still on their best behavior a little bit and i i think there's something and it's great and that's what all the news stories are like i mean the tornadoes that hit you know like several years ago the tornado hit that hit my hometown in alabama you know like watching all that destruction like what are the stories the stories are people come out with their trucks and they're you know 
uh, chainsaws and they're cutting people's trees out of their driveways so they can get out. People are just like on the move to go and help. And this community is formed. And I think it's such a nice feeling that I think there's an addictive quality mm-hmm. about what happens after a crisis. And I, I think kind of one of the things I, that I'm not sure people talk about as much, and I know we kind of wanted to talk about was once the crisis is, are there all these sort of positive things that kind of come out of a crisis in terms of our human nature? A, we prove we're able to be helpful, mm-hmm. right? Um, people are watching you be helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, I, nobody gives a shit mm-hmm. on the normal days, but on that day, people are totally like overdoing the help. People sort of stop thinking about themselves and think about the larger group. And uh, everybody, it's all being celebrated mm-hmm. a little bit about it. And I wonder how many of us would like to almost live in a state of crisis all the time. What do you think about that? Like, Yeah, I, th- I mean, I, I think it's also, it's not even just a question of all the things you named. But I also think for me, I don't have the same stress about all the millions of things Mm -hmm. that I need to be getting done on a given day if I'm in a crisis. Right, you don't have to think about... I can use, like, Jesse recently had appendicitis and had to have an emergency appendectomy. Right. And he, you know, that was really scary, and he was suddenly in the hospital, and, you know, we don't have family around here, and we do have friends, and people jumped in to see how they could help, and I, you know... Whatever, but it was a major disruption. It was a huge disruption. And then, you know, it's been, I guess, almost two weeks now. So yeah. he's been recovering and he's doing better. Um, but I, this topic was definitely fresh in my mind because I felt like during the time that he was in the hospital and for the first few days of him coming home, I was my focus was in addition to the normal stuff of just taking care of my kids and my dogs. Right. Was taking care of him. Right. That was my focus. Yeah. And like everything else, fuck everything else. Yeah. A hundred percent. I don't care what it is. If it's mm-hmm. that important, come find me. Like yeah. fuck all of it. I'm taking care of Jesse. He just had surgery. You right. know what I mean? And I, I mean, as much as that is, you know, it's scary and it's it's hard work yeah. and you know, it's not but it's it's comforting in a sense because it's just this one thing that I'm focusing on and obviously in this case it's sort of like best case scenario crisis because obviously it's my husband who I love right and also it was he's recovering from a surgery that he has a you know the prognosis is very good and you know it's all um so this is kind of a shitty example in that sense (laughs) because like in a way like there was never any like again you know it's going to end yeah you know it's gonna end yeah we're not talking about a different right you know scenario but um but yeah then like so that was fine and I like handled it and whatever and then like probably 10 days in from Mm -hmm. there I was back to just sort of feeling like I needed to be doing all my normal stuff and I was way behind on stuff and whether I knew it or not all the extra work had really like taken a toll and I was worn out and I had like a horrible breakdown and it wasn't about anything it was just I was so tired and I suddenly felt that I wasn't doing a good job like Mm. and I felt like you know, I I was, like, really down on myself, like, yeah. saying, like, oh, like, you know, you can't even, like, handle this little thing. Or you can't even, wow. you know, just really, really harsh with myself. 
And this was, and I I know that this was like a post-crisis yeah. breakdown. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like oh, if yeah. another thing had like come in that like needed my full attention and like drop everything, you know. But that's not how it works. That's not how life is. Yeah. You have to, yeah. Very rarely, very rarely, once you survive the crisis, does another crisis come along to rescue you from from life? From life. (laughs) Right. It ties so into one of the things that this show has helped me learn how to do, which is, I mean, I say all the time, I'm super empathetic. I can totally be in people's shoes. And then I, you know, whatever. But I think about this and I think, you know, it's not just the high-fiving the mom at the Target, you know what I mean? Or the dad, you know, at the playground or whatever. You ne- it's so hard for us yeah. to stop and genuinely think about what's going on in people's lives. It's not just they're t- a lot of times that people are just tight. People are probably yeah. dealing with crises all, all the time. The time. Yeah. And it's that come down that people don't talk about as much yeah. where you feel, you know, you feel so great that you you did it. And then the moment it starts to wear down, you're like, oh, all that life that I got this luxury of ignoring, yeah. which is not, in fact, a luxury, yeah. but you got to ignore because of crisis mode is there waiting for oh, you. Yeah. And suddenly all those people ready to yeah. help are, it's sort of like, Six months after having a baby. Yeah, it totally is. <laughs> you don't have an infant anymore. Or the you second time your husband a... goes out of town after right. you've had two kids and it's like still really fucking hard, right. but nobody's there being like, you did it. You took care of your kid. You know, it's so, like. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I think there's. So and again, I think that ties back into the draw of staying in a crisis. Yeah. Mode. I know people who, upon going through having a lot of things in the air. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just enjoy acting. Adding to it. Sure. Because it's like better than it is better to constantly throw balls into the air that you have to juggle than to stop and take care of the balls themselves. Oh, God. Does that make sense? And so, like, I think that it's like wanting to stay in a constant state of crisis uh, makes you feel better than having to deal with all the shit (laughs) that you weren't able to get to. And so, maybe we should start looking. At post crisis, uh, maybe we should redefine crisis a little bit. Yeah, to include helping yeah. people on the day to day a little bit. <laughs> what about like what about like the dishes haven't been done? That is a crisis. <laughs> like it's a crisis. We should treat who our- will step in who to do the dishes tonight? Will you? Answer the call. I can do this. All right. And that's, but that needs to be, that is now, now I, oh my God, does this tie into why so much mundane garbage comes out of our mouths when we're talking about like what happens in our house and our daily lives after having kids that we know is just garbage, but you want it to be treated a little bit like, will you answer the call to the fact that you made dinner every night on top of work, on top of laundry? You know what I mean? Like it's. But I do think there's something real about about everybody trying to take stuff more seriously that people are going through. Totally. Like, it, totally. you know. And, like, yes, give 10,000 trophies to people for yeah. and stuff that seems little, but it's not little. It's and, day in and day out, and people. And it doesn't invalidate the crisis. No. And it doesn't invalidate, you know, like, the the mom with the one brand new baby 
and everything that just seems totally out of control yeah. for that person. Yeah. And the parents with, you know, uh, eight kids and, you know, whose parents themselves are dying or, you know, like, you, yeah. you, people forget you had... You're you're constantly involved in helping people. Oh yeah, you know, like all the time. Yeah, stuff comes up. If things are going right, if yeah. things are yeah, if you're <laughs> yeah, if things are going right and you're doing and you're yeah, whether it's like work, friends, yeah, or family, or that's we're, right. We're social creatures. We're social creatures. So <laughs> I I think it's when you hear somebody say my parents are really sick, or when you hear somebody say you know my husband just had an appendectomy, or yeah. when you hear somebody say. You know, my hometown got hit by an earthquake. Like, whatever it is, try and think outside of the initial thing that's happening. And remember that there's going to be some downtime probably coming after that. And that actually may be when we need to rally even more as the community, as the group, as the, you know, support team. And don't create a crisis if you don't need to. Yes! Hi, I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Travis McElroy. I'm Griffin McElroy. We're brothers, and we host podcasts called My Brother, My Brother, and Me. It's a comedy advice show, and if you like podcasting, I assume you do because you're listening to one right now, you gotta come see us live at the Pacific Northwest area of America, and also Canada. Yeah, we're coming to Portland. We're coming to Seattle. We're coming to Vancouver. We're gonna be there August 28th, 29th, and 30th. I wanna buy tickets to the Portland show. Tough. They're sold out. Pretty good, pretty good advertisement so far. But there are tickets still available for the Seattle show and for the Vancouver show. If you go to bit.ly forward slash MBMBAM Seattle and bit.ly forward slash van MBMBAM, tickets are still available there. They are assigned seating and they're going fast, so don't miss your chance to get them. Go right now. Go. Do it. Don't wait. And also, the Medical History Podcast I do with my wife, Sawbones, another Max Fun show is going to be there as well. It's a big show. It's going to be a huge show full of fun, full of excitement. You won't want to miss it. Gosh, we hope you've heard of our shows before. (laughs) Or else this is just very weird for you. We're brothers. We're experts. And we're live, baby. Hey, you know what it's time for? This week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Teresa. Yes. It is genius fail time. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Simon <laughs> is really obsessed with Toy Story right now. Um, and That's a to- good one. And Toy Story 3, which oh. I find so intense oh, and can so barely intense. watch with him. Like, oh. it just makes me cry my eyes out. Oh. He's just enjoying it. Right. He... Like wants to cr- he wants to have all the Toy Story sure. stuff in his house, which he can't have. But we've figured out different ways to like make cardboard cutouts of yeah. things, blah blah blah. So we're not just like spending money on stuff all the time. One You're thing a horrible he- mother. Yeah. So one <laughs> thing that he asked me for over the weekend, which I was like, Ugh, 
was he wanted the claw. Ah. And he really wanted the claw. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't make a claw for you. I, I can't make a claw. Like, I can't, I just can't do that, you know? And I'm like annoyed already because yeah. I'm annoyed he's asking for something so complicated right. that I can't give him. And I'm it's just like, claw. yeah, I just, I don't know. I can't do that. And then he's like, can you draw a claw and cut it out with paper? And I'm like, well, I can, but like, I already know that that's not going to work the way he wants right. it to. And I'm like, it's not, you know, it's paper. It's not going to pick stuff up and blah, yeah, it's blah, not blah. picture pages. And then it dawns on me, cooking tongs. Yes, I was just thinking right? that. Good job. Yeah. Yes. And so we got the cooking tongs oh. and he was so over the moon. Oh my he God. He was so happy. And he played, this was while I was organizing actually. And he would just played, his job was picking up a toy from one area oh. and putting it in the bin. And he did it for so long. The claw. The claw. <laughs> Teresa, good job. Thank you. Good job. That's very good. Uh, so, Stefan gone mm-hmm. and really tired going into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just was like, you know what? I had a lot of meals that have to happen. And I'm not, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do the thing that I'm always like, hey, everybody, it's cool. It's just like a couple oh, of days. It's uh-huh. weeks. So, we did, you know, like I busted out with a lot of pasta. Take out two nights in a row, nice. and then like Great. you know, I just like I just made it simple for myself. Good. Guys. So that so, totally is the thing you always tell us I, that you never yeah, do. I never do. You I did made it. it really simple for myself. Good job. Thank you. I am in Oklahoma, and we had been snowed in with school canceled for a fucking week. And I've got a four-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old, and today it is gorgeous. It is 50 degrees and sunny, and there's no snow on the ground. So my dear husband decided to go and get more sand for our kids' sandbox in the backyard, was going to just take our four-year-old son, and before he could turn around, I had the two-and-a-half-year-old daughter dressed, and they took both kids, and I got a shower by myself, and I got to put on makeup and fix my hair, and now I'm going to the store by myself just because I fucking want to and I don't have my children with me I feel like a genius thanks bye well I, the the genius it yeah. came by really fast in there was it did. my husband turned around and when he turned back yeah. I already had my two-year-old dressed and ready yep. to go like that is bam yeah like, oh, don't, don't look oh, who's ready hey. look who's ready she's ready who wants to go with daddy yep <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put it out there, and then you're stuck with the decision that I stuck out there. You're welcome. Who wants to go with Papa? Good so job. Yep. Good job. Failures. Teresa, I would like you to fail me. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. I had told my mom that we would FaceTime with the kids at some point and like the day kind of like got away from us mm. and it was kind of like a big long day and then they were kind of like late kids were get late getting into the bath and they were both super tired yeah. but like they were in their bath the next thing after that is just like jammies books in bed you yeah. know and brush teeth don't worry guys <laughs> um you're a monster <laughs> And um, so they're in the bath, and I'm realizing, like, we never did FaceTime. And I'm like, I can just FaceTime my parents right now. Like, they're the kids are almost ready for bed. Yeah. We'll just say a quick hello. It doesn't have to, like, be a whole big right. conversation. We can at least just, like, say goodnight. Well, my kids, like, as soon as Mima and Pop Pop get on the phone screen, right. my kids lose their minds. Yeah. They 
go to another wow. planet. Oscar's holding onto the side of the bath, jumping, jumping. up and down mm-hmm. in the water. Ugh. Simon's screaming, like, as though that's a thing he wants to, yeah. like, share with them. Yeah. Screaming. Like, they just <laughs> lose it. I don't know. They were so excited. <laughs> they just went to another place. And it made bedtime that night a just complete and utter nightmare we were literally on the phone with my parents for like all of 45 seconds it just destroyed everything Mm, that's 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 what you get for trying to do something nice i know Mm. uh i Stefan was gone for several days and I fed my kids absolute garbage food for mm-hmm. four days. So, I, oh, I, your genius is your fail. It thing. is. I, I wanted to set that up really nicely. Okay. I just like to the point where I was having like sort of these like anxiety dreams by like Saturday night of like, have I even given them fruits or vegetables this <laughs> week? Like, is there like this is just garbage? <laughs> that, I mean, like, like what I mean, I get that it's like. We on a wonton soup, but like simultaneously, this may not like I like I just was like because if when you all of those things are fine when they're uh-huh. kind of spread out, yeah, but just all One together, after another, I, I was know. like I don't, and then like I'm like heading into this week and I'm so tired from oh, having the kids, yeah. so like trying to think about what we're eating for this week, oh, I'm like. Yeah. I because you want to do takeout again. I want to do takeout. I just want to like keep having pasta every night. Yeah. Is there gonna be any sauce on this pasta? Nope. Nope. Eat it. Whatever. (laughs) So I, you know, it's uh, yeah, guys. I get it. It's fine. Everybody's gonna continue to grow. I haven't stunted anybody in my family. Yeah, but you still suck. I still suck, and I don't feel good about it, both emotionally and physically, because my body is full of garbage right now. I'm the mother of two, uh, I have twin daughters that are just over two years old, and this past week I learned that uh, I, I thought it would be wise to teach them how to take Ready Whip, the spray whipped cream, right into their mouths. <laughs> this is hilarious, and for like 30 seconds it was a total genius moment. They were so pleased with themselves, I dispensed, you know, a little dollop of whipped cream into each of their mouths. And then the following night, I'm like, I'm going to try this again. They were getting kind of rowdy at dinner. I'm like, let's let's rein this in. So I'm like, this time I'm going to record it because I think it's hilarious. So I record it. I dispense into the first child's mouth. She's giggling. It's hilarious. I go to do it into the second child's mouth, and I stabbed her in the face with the nozzle from Ready With. So not only... Do I, do I video it so I have record of my child just, like, recoiling in horror because I've stabbed her in the face with the whipped cream? Um, then, I so I stop recording, run to her, and she's bleeding. Oh! It made, like, a tiny little pinprick oh. poke on the, her upper lip, and she's bleeding from me trying to give her ready whips right into her mouth. So that was my double fail because who dispenses ready whip into their toddler's mouths but but me i guess and not only that while recording it stabs your own child in the face so that's my fail my double fail love you guys love the show thank you Wow, there! <clears throat> I really there's a there's a hidden fail in that one, which was the the kids were getting out of control. So yeah, I thought so I'd I calm thought, them down with yeah, some ready with. Some ready with yeah. That is listening that while I was just relieved that when she said she stabbed them, she stabbed her in the face. Yeah, that she, 
Okay, it turns out it's a tiny bit of yeah. like stabbing in the face. <laughs> I mean, that's that's strong, strong language yeah, there, Mom. I, I'm sure it felt like you scarred them for life. But okay. I really just like, I feel like this fail is such a perfect summation of like, just your your brain just, you know, people are like, your brain doesn't work the same after you have kids. No. no it really no, doesn't. No, it really doesn't. No. Like that, I could just see the whole like, yeah, yeah. all right, I'm going to squirt some ready whip into my kids. Because yeah. you're like, so I can see the moment that that yeah. first happens where you're like, yeah. who wants to have fun, It's guys? adorable and it's Let's so just, fun. Everybody yeah. will stop freaking out for oh, a second totally. while I do this. Yeah. I'm just going to keep doing this. I'm sure this is a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> just. Amazing. It is truly a magnificent <laughs> fail. So you... Again, a horrible, horrible job. <laughs> and you should reward yourself by sitting in a sad manner, pouring Ready Whip into your own mouth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, Teresa, yes. let's call a mom. Great. Okay. This week, we are calling Amy Dickinson, who is the author of the New York Times bestselling memoir, The Mighty Queens of Freeville, A Story of Surprising Second Chances, uh, she, which is a book about uh, her experiences as a single mother. And she also writes the syndicated advice column, Ask Amy, where she doles out great advice with a balance of kindness, wisdom, frankness, and humor. Uh, and you may have also heard her on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, NPR's comedy news quiz. Welcome, Amy. Hi. We are so excited to have you. And this, I feel like this is some sort of like six degrees of Kevin Bacon sort of thing where this puts me one step closer to fulfilling my <laughs> most recent dream of being a one of the talking, I call them talking heads on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. So this is going to cause me. I thought you were going to say fulfill your destiny. Fulfill my <laughs> destiny. A little bit of that. Like when I lived in New York, I was like, eh, I just want to be a dead body on all the Law & Order shows. Yeah. And now that I live in L.A. and I now do the podcasting thing, I'm like, meh, I, I want to go be on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Anyway, okay, that's, but, let's derail. You know, you'll have to go through me first. So right, good luck well, with that. I'll, I'll, I'll just sit on the front row and bat my eyes. Um <laughs> The All right, but that's not what we're here to talk about, despite how much I just set that up. Uh, let's actually get started with the question we ask all our guests, which is, who lives in your house? Okay, and in my house currently <laughs> is my husband, Bruno, who is a contractor, and uh, our uh, we have five daughters. One is left at home. Her name, <laughs> uh, yeah, she's 18, and she's Avila, and we have two cats. Chester and Kitty. So the the previous four daughters are all free in the world they're somewhere. The they're world. out in the world. Uh, somewhere they are. They're out and about, and um, <laughs> but they are in the world to varying degrees, which is really the case with young adults now. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I you know don't we just all follow the original path of get out of the house and I'll see you. 20 years from now or when you come home you with laundry so or funny. something? Or... <laughs> when, when I was growing up, my mother, who really mothered without a net, if I could say, yeah. she, she, she really raised us with this 18 and you, you're out. Yeah. And I um, really liked that model. We all did, my siblings and I did well with that. With that. We didn't know we had an option and we didn't. But um, 
our kids and every young adult I know, they, I think this is new to them. You know, they've been receiving, um, like, great job awards their entire lives. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like, what? You're done with me? You know? (laughs) Welcome to life. This is all really hard, and no one cares what you're doing. (laughs) There's no more awards. Well, have you ever had to, like, enforce that? Like, where they said, like, okay, I'm just going to come back home for a little while, and you had to be like, actually, no? No. (laughs) Uh, Enforce? You bet. We have four young adult daughters under the age of 25, and with each of them, we have said, and we said to our 18-year-old who is graduating from high school this year, here's the story. You um, may, we will, you know, you're welcome to stay at home for, in one case, it was up to a year, and you have to work. That's it. You don't pay us rent. None of that nonsense. You have use of a car. And you have to work, and you have to work either a minimum of 20 hours, a minimum of 20 hours, preferably more. My daughter, Emily, she struggled with that. She got a job at The Gap, and she worked like 25 hours. And I said, you know, I feel like a normal work week is like in the 40-hour range. And she said, oh, oh, okay, good tip. Um, (laughs) But I, I don't think I can get any more hours. I said, then you need to get a second job. And she did. I, I love this. Wow. This is like- but with us, you know, we live in a rural area. My husband is a contractor. Yeah. And his, so the choice with these girls is you get a job out, out there or you can work for me. And when you work for me, you will be doing like construction. <laughs> right, which, which yeah. actually would be an amazing skill. Yeah. I would, oh, my God. I would have, yeah. yeah that, you know, my... We had a, it was a similar sort of thing in our house, but it was like in, in sort of slightly different ways, like poker, for example. By the time you were like 10, it was 20 to pay, to play. You had to right. play. We played poker all the time as a family and you had to pay to play. And it was just yeah. like, it's not free. We're not playing this, but I'm not playing poker for pennies or matches. You got <laughs> you know, amazing. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to pay to play. Um, but look, I, I think a lot of parents talk a good game and they, you know, they're going to make their kids pay rent mm-hmm. and do all these things. But what we've done is we keep it really, really, really simple and we just stick to it. Yeah. Um, oh, it's, it's not an elaborate system of this and that. It's like, here's the story. We'd love to have you. Your room is here. But, um, you know, you have to work. You have to pay for your own gas and and save up some money for that first month, last month, and security deposit. Well, and they've is, all done it. This is a little disappointing because Teresa and I, with our very, very young children, often comment on how hard it is, the consistency that you have to keep up uh, to with kids. And mm-hmm. it's disappointing to know that that's not going to end. So <laughs> no, it's not. That's really, that's my, that's very sad. But, but you, you know, we're <laughs> taking away something Thanks. super depressing. Yeah, yeah. Something yeah well, like, of course, right. you're welcome. That you're welcome. I just it's something that's actually kind of inspiring. I, I informed you I was really tired coming in after this week. Um, now I would like to move on though into uh, into the world of advice because you are a nationally syndicated advice columnist, and for I use as a good reference point uh, for a lot of people who may have been familiar with Dear Abby and Landers uh, for years. Uh, you, that is that is what you do. You are the advice giver. 
to a nation. Right. My, my column replaced the Ann Landers yeah, column. Which, yeah. is, I have to say, may be one of the coolest, most specific yeah. jobs. Totally. <laughs> to have like, yeah. like, like, that's so specific. Yeah. That, and, I, and I love it. I just <laughs> love this. But, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about advice in general because, you know, this is, this is a show about parenting. So I'm going to use parenting as an example. But, you know, I, as parents, it is the world seems so fraught with unsolicited advice. You just can't step out your door if you have a child with you without being given unsolicited advice. And what's worse is the startling realization that you cannot keep advice from flying out of your mouth mm-hmm. when you are walking down the street and see somebody. What is it about, what is in our nature, do you think, that that makes it that we want to do this, that we want to give advice to people? I think I, I'm, I, I may, like, rock your world upside down <laughs> and really mess with your heads because I have to say out loud, I am a big mouth, I'm opinionated, I'm all of these things, but I think, honestly, I think you could pull my friends and family, and you would learn that before I got this job, and I think to a very large extent after I got this job, I didn't do that. But I think the reason I got this job, because when I when I was interviewed, mm-hmm. they asked me, oh, did you go around giving advice all the time? And I said, uh, absolutely not. Yeah. But... <laughs> I ask for it. I ask for it a Mm. lot. And I will tell you this. Mm. The advice I have been given is that I've asked for is so memorable and such game changer for me. Um, I can literally remember five or six times when I solicited advice. I think the first time about my daughter was... um, first from my mother and who never offered anything unsolicited and then from her teachers in preschool mm, yeah you know yeah. they were with her hours right. a day yeah. Yeah. i was a single mom i was really wrestling with some very common issues sleeping eating all of it tantrums and they said well here's what we do they didn't say here's what you should do right they said here's what we do and that's the way I think to offer advice. Well, I think so. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that when we, as people getting the advice, I mean, do you think that advice works best when it is, as you said, solicited? When you go out asking, you know, can advice be good if it's just given without requesting it, or does well, that sort of taint it on some level? Like, are we just built to be like defensive or to feel judged? Well, listen, the, the advice can be excellent. It's like it, it sits there on the shelf in its mm. self-help book, and it's wonderful. But if you don't choose to open the book and read it, or if you don't choose to ask for it or solicit it, you're not going to listen to it. Yeah. No, that, yeah, I, fair enough. I mean, listen, <laughs> my, I, married, I married my husband seven years ago, and we blended our family together. And he's like this really scary, smart guy, and he likes to tell people how to do things. And the fact is, he's right 100% of the time, (laughs) but no one cares. Right. And with our daughters especially, they, I mean, he, I think he felt like a broken record, Mm. and I came on the scene, and I really 
don't think I go around telling people what to do, but I'm more likely to maybe ask a leading question like, and maybe solicit, have a tiny conversation that might lead to insight. Um, but no, I, I don't go around. I don't want people to tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So, all right. So there's definitely like two sides to the whole advice thing. I think there's, as a, as a friend, we can find ourselves in a situation a lot where people, like where another good friend may be asking us for advice and I, I, and you give it. And I wonder if there's a point where it is no longer a good thing to give advice to somebody uh, and how you handle uh, how you feel when somebody continues to ask you for advice and then they don't take it. Like, I mean, I, I could see that happening with children as they get older, but I, I definitely know I've experienced that with friends where they keep asking for advice and I keep giving it. And then I'm like, I'm not your therapist and you're I'm always going to say the same thing and you're always going to be able to come to me and ask me the same thing and never have to take action on it because it's not my job to hold you responsible you know, right. for, for that advice. Is there, when is, when do you, when do we cross the line and how do we, how do we keep ourselves from then taking it personally? Well, I, I think that if somebody solicits your advice, and this happens a lot, somebody solicits your advice, you give it and then A, they punish you for it. Like if they yeah. say, tell, you know, tell me, really tell me the truth. And you say, okay, this is what I think. And then they punish you <laughs> or they don't follow it. The next time they ask, I would say, well, you asked me this before. Do you remember what I said? Mm. And, and maybe they'll say like, you know what? I don't. <laughs> and, and if they can repeat it to you, then you go, well, then, you know, you already know what I think. Seriously. Like, this is literally a conversation I have with my child. I know. Like, I was every just day. I'm like, the same, do you remember, do you remember the, thing the conversation that, that I just said? This? How do you feel? Oh, can about I get, tell you guys something? <laughs> yeah. Years ago, I, I wrote a column for Time Magazine before I got this job. And at the same time, I was teaching preschool. <laughs> and one of the things, one of the insights I had on the subway one day, going from one job to the other, was oh, if I treated adults more often the way I uh -huh. treat the children in preschool in terms of making eye contact, waiting for their answer, being super patient, being very kind, being, you know, really assuming the best, letting them make mistakes. Like if I did all that with adults, yeah. <laughs> I'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so it's you know so what's, true. You know what's hilarious is I actually said to my husband like a couple of months ago, like our daughter, we just we just we're going down the wrong path with our daughter in terms of just like expectations for a fucking five-year-old. It was completely out of control. It was ridiculous. And I said to my husband, the complete opposite of what you're saying in the sense that I was like, if we treated each other and other adults the way we are talking to our daughter right now, we would not put up with it for one second. We are not being respectful of her, of what she's saying. Of what, if we were just like, if I just said, turned to my husband and was like, don't put your fork down there like I, he would just he would like get up and throw like he would just be like no way stop that you're being ridiculous and, that's, and you know what that's exactly that's what genius. i'm saying yeah no, it's exactly it if you say to a child do you think that's a good idea they have to answer you uh-huh 
And they might say, yeah, I think that's a good idea. And they'll give you a hilarious answer. (laughs) (laughs) Or they'll go like, "Mm, I guess not. And you can ask them, well, what do you think? I would, I what what do I think of what you're doing? How would I, you know, how would I react to you? Yeah. And you just, it's a, it's a way of sort of putting them more in charge, I think. But I do, as a teacher, I was, I got good at communicating and just being very patient and very good natured and honestly seeing the humor. Right. And then with adults, I, it's like I would drop all that sort of lovely, good, behavior and go, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's, you know, it it is amazing how we walk out the door and treat each other on a daily basis (laughs) and the completely screwed up expectations we have of how people should be responding to us uh, (laughs) and how we should be responding to them. Um, uh, Speaking of something very similar to that, we were talking about crisis today uh, on the show and screwed up expectations that sometimes, actually, we were talking about in a crisis why we think one of the reasons some people do really well in a crisis is because all those expectations kind of go out the window, actually. and, And we get to people, it's easier to forgive people and to forgive ourselves for mistakes that on a regular day or behaviors that on a regular day would be unacceptable. Uh, right. You get to burst, you know, you burst into tears, you snap at someone, yeah, yeah. you you do issue orders. Yeah. You, yeah, all of that. That's true. Yeah, all of that. And then we, we also talked a little bit about sort of the downside, what happens kind of after the crisis is over and you're left with all those things that you pushed aside <laughs> mm-hmm. or said or all those expectations and sort of the funk that sometimes follows. But I wonder if, I wonder what your thoughts are on how people ha- – I think there's a misconception that everybody does great in a crisis mm-hmm. and that that's the expectation that should be met, that, that we should all totally mom up. We're all heroes. We're all here. We're all <laughs> heroes, David Bowie. And I, I sometimes don't think that's the case. And, and you know, I, I guess I'd like to hear from you a little bit of your experiences – given the array of experiences you've had and your and your own mom on on dealing with crisis. Okay, so I in order to discuss crisis, <laughs> it, given my I'm older than you, I've had more crisis. <laughs> I've experienced maybe not as much crisis. This is one thing I, the, I feel like the more crisis I deal with, the more I realize my crises tend to be um of limited duration. Right. And I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I can rise to uh, a challenge in a momentary way. The big lesson in my life, in my entire life, has been about surrender. Hmm. I do best, I realize now, when I say I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm at sea. I'm lost. And when I, I have a tendency to find good teachers. And I think my, the crises in my life have, have humbled me so much that I now realize that I think I'm like still standing and moving forward because I have been very good. I'm at my best when I surrender a little bit of my power and control. Now that's interesting because we actually did not touch on that. The benefits Mm -hmm. of, surrendering a little bit in a crisis mm-hmm. and not having that pressure of trying to 
to do it all. Mm-hmm. My <laughs> mother took she she took two years to die. Very very slow um, decline, frailty, and death. And I was trying to take care of her. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I had a daughter who got pregnant in high school, and so I would go from one to the other. Right. And there were times when I would sit in my car in the driveway of either house <laughs> and I just I just didn't want to go in. Yeah. But in a way it was like I think I I think I did best when I just in a way just gave up and just kept showing up. Mhm. There was a moment, there were many moments with my mother where it was so, it's so sad. You're dealing with the medical stuff, the, I remember I went once to take her to the movies and I showed up and there was an ambulance, you know, taking her out. It's, and so I'm like, oh, okay, so we're going to the hospital instead of a double feature, you know, and it's in a way it can be those immediate crises. At least you know where what you're. you're I'm supposed to go to the hospital now. Yeah, yeah. it's the long term yeah. sadness, uncertainty that is so challenging. And I didn't deal with either crisis particularly well. <laughs> but I will tell you this: I kept showing up, and sometimes that's all I could do is just show up. And, and say, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm here. here. I'm here. <laughs> that's right. I'm, I'm here. I am yeah. physically in this room. Sometimes right. that's even better, isn't it, too? Like, because you're not coming with your own set of, like, expectations or plans. Yeah. Like, you're just being there for, you know, and you're kind of more ready to help, I would think, with whatever's needed. I, I, I definitely showed up in both situations. There were times when I showed up with my agenda yeah. and my <laughs> plan for fixing. Today's fix is going to be like this. But um, in both situations that were vastly different, both of these situations just kicked my ass. They just did. Yeah. Like you say, it's and something that we were talking about as well on the show is just the nice thing about a not a nice thing about a crisis is completely the wrong wording but one of the elements of a crisis is that everybody knows a crisis is happening that's right <laughs> and yeah. everybody can like offer support and be there and 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 when the when a crisis continues but is not blaring and hazard lights aren't on and every the ambulance isn't in front of the door when you show up it is very easy for people to totally forget that that's happening they do. Uh, That's to, right. To your friend. And so, you know, again, as we always say, it's, you know, not just high-fiving the mom with the kid having the breakdown in the Target, telling her she's doing a good job. It's just, again, remembering we have no idea what's going on anywhere at any time with anybody. Right. <laughs> and I remember when I was bringing my, you know, domestic crisis to my mother mm-hmm. and just didn't know what to do. I was, it was an ongoing source of confusion and tension for me having this new marriage and this real extreme situation at home. And at one point, there she was, she said to me, it's only a baby. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you know what? 
You're right. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it, Mom. <laughs> nailed it. Totally yeah. nailed it. And you know what's nice about that is there's some there's this total forgiveness in that as well. You yeah. know what I mean? Totally. I'm sure there's yeah. like this even even though it's your child and it's not you know, she's not her mother, she's your mother. There's this whole like Ah, oh, I'm screwing everything up, you know? Right. And like to say, it's just a baby, just wipes so many slates clean with that one it, comment. Good it job. was brilliant. Good. It was brilliant. It was just brilliant. And I, that day, yeah. it really made me think about what uh, situation am I treating like a crisis when really it's only a baby? Ah, oh, <laughs> good job. Everybody. Everyone, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, just uh, high fives all around. Um, well, Amy, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show. And we didn't have a time to get to it, but we're going to uh, link everybody up to your memoir, The Mighty Queens of Freeville, which oh, is about you. Uh, your you and your daughter when you were a single mom. And I, I, if, if people aren't already familiar with your work, <laughs> as Ask Amy, we're going to link people up to that as well. And thank you so much for joining us. Oh, such a pleasure. Thank you, ladies. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Bye. You make me sing, ooh, la, la, la. You make a girl go, ooh, I'm in love. It's yeah. just a baby. It's just a baby. It's just a baby. I have a few more, you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's our new t-shirt. That reminds me. That's our new t-shirt. It's just a baby. It's just a baby. <laughs> I can love that. <laughs> that now falls into the don't be a dick to mom yeah. family meeting. And it's just a baby. Yep. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed that because, I again, it's so... I, I always like when we start off with a topic and then by the end of the show, nothing that we came in assuming about the topic is yeah. is what we took away. I know that I was very grandiose at the beginning being like, crises are this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and nothing else and then by the end i'm like oh actually no that's that's all that's all kind of a crisis it's all sort of relevant to who the person is and what's happening in your life um speaking of crisis and what's relevant and happening in your life and what we take totally seriously on the show is listening to a mom have a complete breakdown let's listen to a little mom rant Hello, I am a New York City mother, a totally loving one bad mother. Um, so I am walking to the corner bodega at ten thirty at night in um sub yeah, five degrees, I don't know. Very icy. To get milk, which my um wife who has been home all day and knew there was no milk, did not get. <laughs> And tampons. Because <laughs> as much as I wished that I was going through early menopause, I am not. So, <laughs> shit, that sucks. Bad and bad. But there's a bigger story here. The bigger story is, um, so, uh, this has been a tough fall. Um, I, we have twin four-year-old sons. Uh, we'll start with there. Start there. Twin four-year-old sons, <laughs> two moms, both working, you know, different schedules, nurse practitioner, high school teacher, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. We're making it work. It's all working. In October, one of our sons had an emergency appendectomy, was in the hospital for two weeks. Um, 
Both of them were preemies, so now he has no immune system. He proceedingly got pneumonia mm. and then bronchitis. Mm. Uh, but he's in, uh, and then he got the stomach flu. But he's been good for a couple of weeks now, and we're good. We're feeling good. We're feeling confident. Um, and uh, then uh, we get ready for kindergarten, and we they have IEPs, you know, because they're preemies, and we brought them to the developmental um, pediatrician. And he, like, hits every mark on the ADHD thing. And then my mom's like, you guys are going to take an opinion. It's all, every, everyone gets diagnosed. It's bullshit. Everyone gets diagnosed with it. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Fuck you, mom. Don't really give a shit about that paranoid theory. This is a crazy kid that I got to help deal with. And then, um, anyway, they're awesome. I love them, but they're... <laughs> crazy and they take a lot of energy a lot of times my loving partner is gone all weekend long being a nurse practitioner and after five days of teaching teenagers i spent all weekend with two crazy squirrels in five degree weather with ice outside and i don't know what the fuck to do with them and then it's friday i'm coming home i get this really cryptic chest chest meshes message and it's like hey um okay random question my cousin blah 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 and blah 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 they're coming to new york city with their three cats and they want to know if they can stay with us for the weekend did i say it was friday night and then she goes i already told them it was okay and i'm like well where's the question So I text her back. I'm like, I'm in a meeting. I just got the meeting. I'll call you in a second. I call her a little bit later. And she's like, um, so is it okay? And I'm like, can you say no now? Or did you already say yes? And she's like, oh, I already said yes. But what could I do differently later? <laughs> I don't know. Why? Why can't I have early menopause? Why? Okay. Oh, okay, man. so many things. Yeah. One, you're doing a great job. Yeah, you are. You're doing a great job. <laughs> uh, two, you are like a fucking train. You yeah. are just like going, going, going. Yeah, I can hear totally you. Like, see you. Yeah, you are just making it happen. Yeah, you going to get the milk. Going to get Gotta the get that milk. And the those, tampons. And the tampons. Taking those kids. Doing that stuff. Got it, you know, on top of it. You have been barreling through this last year so clearly, yeah. like just... Focused and yeah. on, just such a good job. Yeah. Um, I also just side comment to the entire nation. Why don't we want to let homosexuals get married and go through all the bullshit, trivial crap that we all go through? Yeah, sure. Like, join the party. Everyone miscommunications to enjoy and cousins showing up. Yeah, <laughs> I just totally. I love that fucking call so much. Um, because I, I have lived through some level of everything that 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 woman was talking about on yeah. that phone. Oh, and then like the stress of your kid having like one kid being, being sick. sick and the other one like clearly <laughs> whether you're hyperactive. hyperactive. Yeah. I love the mother being like, it's bullshit. <laughs> it's like so not helpful. <laughs> really helpful. Uh, you seem to be maintaining a good sense of humor, a little bit about it. So that's really good. Yeah. Uh, and you, you, you're still there. You're still showing you're up. You're doing that you're, stuff. You're doing that a stuff. A lot of it over and over. Over and over again. So good <laughs> job. Really good job. Really good job. 
What did we learn today? We have learned that uh, my cappuccino machine breaking down is not a crisis. It's more of an angering event. Yeah. Uh, we have also learned that, uh, you know what? You may be the person who totally rallies and steps up during a crisis and does it all. Mm-hmm. It just nails it. Mm-hmm. And that that's okay. That's great. That's helpful. We need that. Yeah. And that you may also be the person uh, who doesn't. Who shuts down? Shuts down. Runs away. Crippling depression. We don't. It's good if you run away because you might be in the way. You're running away from danger. You're running away from danger, (laughs) and you just need to step aside. That's good. Let us take care of it. Let us take care of it. But what Amy Dickinson said, I really liked it. Sometimes it's good to just surrender in the situation and just be physically well, there. Well, I consider that being great in a crisis. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, just, exactly. Yeah, you're just remaining calm. You realize you have no control. Yeah. You're just doing the best you can and you're not panicking. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, whatever camp you fall into, good job, I guess. I don't know if there's really a takeaway. This was definitely one of those discussions today that was like, this is an interesting thing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also learned that I, I think in terms of advice, what Teresa and I both were talking about during one of the breaks was the excellent advice from Amy Dickinson about yeah. asking for advice. That the best advice that she's been given is when she asked for it and she asked for it from the right people, the people who could help her with yeah. that. Uh, and I think that that is excellent advice. Totally. You know, we get the best help. When we ask for it. Surprise! Yeah. When we ask for it. <laughs> and, and we are willing to accept it. Big surprise, everybody. It's helpful. Everybody, you are doing a really good job. Yeah. You really are. You are. And if you haven't already done so, mm. why not take about five seconds Ooh. and hop on over to iTunes yeah. and write us a review. Yeah, say something nice. If you've never done that, that would be so awesome if it you could do that. It would be really nice. We would appreciate it. It would make us feel powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa? Yes. You, you are doing a good job. And I know you just got through something really stressful and crisis. And I know, and I am glad that you shared with me and us some of the stuff that you were going through afterwards, because I think that that's really important to hear and know about. And uh, and I, it's totally valid that you are feeling that way. Thank you. It really is. Like, I get it. Thank I you. I get that feeling. I totally appreciate that. I also really appreciate you, like, spelling out that, like, sometimes, like, the second, third, fourth, fifth time you do something really hard, <laughs> like, sometimes you still... Want someone to say that was hard. You did a really good job. Yeah. You so, know? Teresa, and you did that. Thank you. So that was really hard. What you just went through and what you're still going through, and you are doing a good job. Thank you. And I took care of my children. You and you did a great job. We they had food put in them. Everybody, that's that's great. That's 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 good. <laughs> everybody, you're doing a great job, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. 
We'd like to thank Max Bunn, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. If you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show, then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, fussing by, not throw down mama's room. Oh, said Daddy, baby, fussing by, not throw down mama's room. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.